Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you, always. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. Alrighty, so today we're going to be talking all about the beloved planet of Dantooine. Uh, Dantooine actually was mentioned in the very first Star War to Star War in Star Wars 1977. Did you remember that, Brian? <laughs> I did. Uh, Dantooine. They're on Dantooine, uh, except they're not really uh, in, uh, you know, going to blow up uh, Alderaan anyway. But yeah, that was the first uh, mention. Um, I don't know if they mentioned Tatooine by name before that, but it, it was at least one of the very, very first um, kind of expanded galaxy pieces that we got in Star Wars because, yeah, you get Princess Leia saying it uh, there in A New Hope, like back before it was even A New Hope. So, Yeah. And where else have we seen uh, Dantooine? I I do think we saw it in the 2003 Clone Wars animatics with Mace Windu epically destroying like a whole army of battle droids by himself. Was there mm-hmm. anywhere else? Uh, yeah, so it's gotten a lot of mentions uh, throughout canon, um, obviously in the 2003 uh, Clone Wars, but then in the Clone Wars uh uh, series um in the high republic it's gotten some mentions and we actually uh see dantooine again in the rebels episode secret cargo uh which came out in the third season so dantooine has a rich history and i guess you know if it's going to be the first planet you know mentioned pretty much in the whole of star wars uh, yeah this place is going to be pretty important and this is not our first time there because we go to dantooine in the first nights of the Old Republic, so it's like going back home uh, when we get there, but uh, trouble has been afoot. Yeah, uh, I mean, Malik kind of decimated Dantooine uh, in the first nights of the Old Republic, and now the ruins in KOTOR 2 are being ransacked. Mm-hmm. Malak comes through and uh, decimates the Jedi uh, Enclave, uh, which is which is bad news. And by the time we get back there, yeah, there's a lot of kind of infighting. There's uh, mercenaries and archaeologists there that are trying to, like, sift through the rubble. There's, um, you know, some people there that are trying to kind of restore uh, order a little bit um, when we get back there. Uh, but, you know, Dantooine still looks the same. It's kind of like this plains uh and trees. Uh, they're called uh, Bibba trees, I think. Uh, these big things as we're going around the uh, Kunda Plains trying to find our missing Jedi. We meet some new companions and, uh, you know, try to sift through the rubble of the wake that Malak left. Yeah, and we also see some of the different areas that weren't available in the first KOTOR, and we see some more of the library, which kind of mirrors the aesthetic from Attack of the Clones. Uh, So even though you're kind of in the same location, you get to see uh, some new locations there, which I like. And 
In the new location, we meet a new character uh, by the name of McCall. Maybe it's Michael, but he goes by the Disciple. Uh, and he kind of looks like a, a little bit like Luke Skywalker, you know. And how would you describe him? Yeah, he's got kind of this uh, blonde, uh, quaffed hair there. And uh, basically, at this point in his story, when we're meeting back up with him, he's uh, kind of turned into sort of this uh, Jedi historian. He worked for the uh, Republic um, and is trying to basically recover artifacts and protect them and uh, help to get the uh, Jedi Enclave rebuilt. But uh, McCall has a really kind of interesting story. He basically knew Mitra Surik. Um, you know, when he was a Padawan and she was older doing some teachings. And uh, if you go back to our KOTOR uh, 2 I Love You episode, uh, you'll get to learn more about that because McCall basically is in love with Mitra Surik, right? Yeah, he kind of puts her on a pedestal. You know, it's kind of like that uh, Anakin and Padme to an extent. Uh, and it's... It's interesting. Uh, it could be rewritten for the future, I think. Um, but uh, he wanted uh, Mitra Surik to be his master, but that didn't work out because of the Mandalorian Wars. Yeah, they had the Mandalorian Wars and the Jedi Civil Wars, so no one was there to teach uh, Mikhail how to be a Jedi, so he left to work for the Republic. And yeah, now, like I said, he's uh, basically like this historian uh, sort of figure, uh, which led him back to Dantooine, which is where he is when we meet him. And um, I really like this section going back through the, the Jedi Temple, because, you know, we see the Jedi Temple, you know, in the first game, but we don't really get to explore it a ton. Um, so it's neat to kind of go through it, even though it's you know, been been shuttered and, you know, kind of demolished and it's in ruins. It's fun to kind of go around and explore that and uh, see how the game designers sort of, you know, designed uh, this, which I think is really fun. And, uh, you know, McCall is important because he tips us off to where our next uh, missing uh, Jedi is. And I guess it really turns out that he's uh, not missing because he stayed on Dantooine uh, this whole time. Uh, you know, Master of Rook Lamar is there. <laughs> Yeah, the most beloved Rook Lamar, uh, voiced by Ed Asner, is is here on Dantooine. He never left, and of course, like the one Jedi that survived is the one that everyone loves the most. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Master uh, Lamar was uh, on the Jedi Council, and uh, you know made the decision to exile uh, Mitra Surik. So uh, I don't. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We go to actually rescue him. He's uh, been captured, uh, kind of of his own accord. He's trying to kind of bring peace between these uh, mercenary groups and to not attack the you know the administration offices and stuff like that. And we, we go and rescue him, and he's like, "What are you doing? I thought I got rid of you. What you you're messing up my plan again." Yeah, and he's just as delightful as he always has been, and I don't know, it's kind of like he's the Mace Windu of this generation, you know, um, yeah. so, yeah. But yeah, so those are a couple of the important characters you meet. Now, if uh, if you're playing the game, if your Mitra Surik is uh, a female, uh, Mikhail is going to join up the party, of course, um, so that's good, he's going to go with you on your way, and um you know, kind of help you along as you adventure through the rest of the game. But there's some really fun stuff on Dantooine, I think, um, as you're, you know, getting in some kind of really fun story beats. Um, like I mentioned, it's interesting to go back to a place that we've been to, but to see it, you know, kind of 
you know, ha having been raised and you see like these different mercenary groups and stuff hunting for artifacts. Um, I find all of that stuff really interesting. And you find some cool stuff and you can really like get some cool colored lightsaber crystals on Dantooine. And I think like officially, uh, Mitra Surik's blade was Sion, uh, Sion uh, Blue, and you can, I believe you can find that crystal on Dantooine. Yeah, one of the uh, important uh, characteristics of Dantooine is that it has the crystal caves, uh, which is where you go and uh, get your uh, lightsaber crystals there. So it's kind of like L Ilum, except it's uh, on Dantooine. I like to think in my own head that, you know, any place that, you know, ancient in the old republic times wherever these jedi enclaves and um things like that would have been pretty uh, strong in the force whether you know they kind of made the correlation or not so i would think that there might have been like these deposits of uh kyber crystals and uh you know uh, force uh, force powers and and things like that you know kind of in these concentrated areas that the jedi would have uh went to and you know both in kind of a, a worshiping sense but then also you know harvested uh those raw materials to uh you know create their lightsabers and things like that i think that too um it makes sense in in my mind and you also get a really uh <laughs> a really kind of interesting uh kind of kind of mini game within a game almost as we as we land on Dantooine um you know in the uh, Kunda Plains uh Jedi Temple is gone but the uh administration office is there like I said administrator Adair is there who's kind of running this trying to get a little bit of order uh back into uh Dantooine um you know against these uh, mercenaries and treasure hunters and grave robbers and you know kind of warring factions of people and uh, you get to go through uh, kind of the section where you're charged with setting up the defenses for the administration office uh, which is kind of fun and it, it really kind of leans into the fact that you were you know once upon a time a general um in this uh in Revan's army so you kind of get to go uh, back to your warring ways there um if you have a uh, bowder uh he can uh, aid you in that as as well it's like it's like old times for Mitra Surik, I guess yeah it's kind of like she's returning to what essentially is the closest thing to her home and it's kind of like her home has been destroyed and she has to kind of um, come back and she can choose whether like to kind of help uh, restore some order to Dantooine or just kind of let it burn, you know. Uh, so I, I find that interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I really like all that stuff. I really like kind of the like the aspect of having like i said like these these grave robbers and like uh mercenary types that are there trying to you know kind of pillage what's left of the the jedi artifacts and the jedi temple um i think you could definitely play on some of like the like indiana jones type things uh kind of uh, through those sections uh, would be really fun um but i i just think that it's i don't know it's it's very fascinating like i said to to go back to a place that you've seen kind of in all of its glory and then um ultimately gets gets raised to the ground by uh people that you used to be uh, allies with which makes it interesting to send mitra Zurich back there yeah and i guess this is sort of by design but like even though like the kotor 2 levels of dantooine uh that we see in kotor 2 obviously 
didn't exist in KOTOR 1, it does kind of make sense that Revan wouldn't see the whole Dantooine picture because he was kind of like being launched, you know? And like, I don't think the Jedi would want him everywhere just in case he went to the dark side again. But mm-hmm. yeah, and it's a weird play, like on the the ramifications for all of that, right? Because Malak went and destroyed Dantooine basically because, um, you know, Revan and uh, crew and the first Knights of the Old Republic were uh, trying to get to the uh, to the Star Forge, right, to find the star maps, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of why I went there and destroyed it. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting from that standpoint that you're you're going there and it's destroyed and it's not not directly. Um, a you know a cause and effect from Mitra Surik, but like I said, these were your uh, former allies, right? So um, everyone you know kind of associates Mitra Surik and Revan as you know kind of these these two characters that are uh, you know very closely tied because Mitra Surik served under Revan, but Malik was actually the one that recruited her uh, to uh, you know to to fight in the the Revan uh, sect of that army. So um, I think that they're pretty closely related too. So um, as you take a step back and, and you might think that, you know, Mitra Sirk didn't really have anything to do with the raising of this, but ultimately, you know, she was a cog in the wheel that, you know, set this in motion to be destroyed. Yeah. And those were her, her friends. And what does that say about her that they did that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh so I guess she kind of has to um, examine kind of her upbringing, uh, her home. I guess the closest thing she had to a family, her Jedi family, and like those she chose to serve by and be friends with, you know. So it's kind of like she's examining everything. Yeah, exactly. And uh, she does have to examine it. And we actually are going to make a return tip t- trip to Dantooine. Um, you know, later on in our story, which we'll probably uh, come through and kind of do a uh, a travel guide for kind of like the end section of the game. But this is not our, our only time that we're going to be uh, spending on Dantooine. You know, we're going here the first time to, um, you know, to search out our missing Jedi. But then once they've all been uh, found, we're going back to where the Enclave is being built. And we kind of have this uh, kind of final... <laughs> first stage of a of a final battle as we are starting to put the pieces together. Yeah, and I do have to mention that the rebuilt Jedi Enclave uh song is probably one of the most iconic from Kotor 2. Maybe we can put in a little bit of it right here. Because, you know, the the Jedi Enclave is being rebuilt, and it's a banger song, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you need, a, you need a banger of a song for uh, rebuilding the Jedi Temple. But yeah, that is a really great piece of music. And, you know, we talked all about the, the music in KOTOR 2 and how, like, thematically well it fit into kind of the the tonal parts of the game and yeah there's just there's just something that's really significant i think about going back to to the place where you know mitra surik studied the force learned about the force um you know became a a jedi knight and then 
you know, <laughs> left, uh, which, you know, in a sense left it vulnerable um, to, uh, you know, succumb to the attack from Malik and is left in ruins and, and you get back there and it's, um, you know, it's not a, a burning pile of ash, but, you know, metaphorically, that's kind of what you're left with. Yeah, and kind of looking at uh, the exile through the lens of, like, KOTOR 2 being her atonement purgatory story, um, I kind of think Dantooine represents, like, she has to be self-aware and self-reflect, uh, kind of on her past, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, and it's, uh, you know, definitely very symbolic as you go into the, um, Jedi Enclave, you know, the, the fallen, deserted, uh, Jedi Enclave, you're literally going into, like, the, the belly of this thing and, you know, kind of coming out on the other side, like I said, as we kind of see it back to fruition as it's being rebuilt, but, uh, one of the things that, um, I noticed about the Atoma and Purgatory kind of section here is um, one of the stages of Purgatory um, is Wrath, uh, which I kind of, um, which I kind of correlated to Malak's uh, attack on Dantooine as very kind of this wrathful thing. And I talked a little bit about you know the relationship that Mitra Surik and Malak had, but um, kind of kind of wrath is what I see. And then the atonement for wrath is meekness. And I think maybe that's what uh, Mikal represents as this kind of meek character who is left you know kind of alone and vulnerable uh, within the Jedi Order as you know every all of his you know mentors and teachers and um, you know, heroes all basically abandoned him and uh, forced him to uh, leave the Jedi Order and go out into the Republic. So I think that he's um, kind of our symbol of meekness as we atone for the wrath that was caused. Um, like I said, as we were a cog in the wheel of uh, injustice, so to speak. Injustice. No, injustice. Injustice. <laughs> I'm sure both are a word, you know, <laughs> uh, but I guess Meek is in Mikal's name, you mm -hmm. know, so yeah. this is the grand uh, symbolism and depth you're getting from our podcast, you know, like Mikal has That's Meek right. in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But but that was kind of what I saw um, in terms of like the atonement and uh, purgatory uh, side of things. But um, you know, I, I've said it a bunch of times now. I, I just think that it's neat to go back to a place that has been, uh, you know, <laughs> raised to the ground, and and you're seeing you know kind of that and maybe it's you know kind of another parallel for you know just the the weakness and the flaws of what we had seen from the jedi and the jedi council um you know over the course of knights of the old republic and knights of the older republic too um you know kind of their arrogance is ultimately leaving them uh very vulnerable you know kind of that similar tone that we saw in the uh prequel trilogy so uh maybe there's some uh parallels and lessons in that too yeah uh I mean, like, I I think that the Jedi Council, if they could have learned the lessons uh, from the KOTOR, I don't know if saga's the best word, but I'll say KOTOR saga, you know, if they would have learned those lessons, I don't think the prequel trilogy would have happened the way it did. But, I mean, uh, sometimes these uh, lessons, even if they're simple, are hard to learn. Yeah, exactly. They are hard to learn, and uh, sometimes you have to go back and face it, and that is exactly what we do on Dantooine. So, um, I don't know, Cassie, uh, that's kind of a, a short sort of uh, summary of 
Dantooine, who we meet there. Uh, Mikal is in the party now. He is on the uh, Ebon Hawk. He is ready to go with us to our next destination, uh, which is going to be uh, Korriban, uh, which should be fun to talk about. But but what do you think? Is there anything else about Dantooine we need to we need to uh, throw out there before we uh, you know climb back on board and uh, take off for our next stop? It kind of reminds me of the sequel trilogy, which didn't exist, you know, when KOTOR 2 was written, but you go to uh, Dantooine, uh, kind of like the Pillar of Light, and then you go to Korriban, the Pillar of Darkness, so you get those two extremes. So, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely it is. So, um, yeah, going to be a, a fun time talking about that, and it's a fun time uh, checking in on Dantooine. Hopefully everyone's been enjoying these uh, little travel logs we've been doing. Let us know what your favorite parts and aspects of uh, Dantooine were, and uh, thanks so much for joining us on this one. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. The Old Republic Podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at DennisSMowersMusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.